Good, everybody. Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera, fresh off vacation. I am back in the saddle, and with me, as always, on a Thursday is Levin Black. Levin, be honest. You missed me. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. You haven't done an episode, what, three out of the last five weeks? <laughs> is uh, it that many? I think so. What have you been doing? Uh, sitting around going... All right, Rob's got another interview that he wants to use. Uh, and you were on vacation. I was on vacation, and you were on vacation. I don't know how that is allowed. This is You have a full-time gig, 24-7, 365. Yeah, yeah one vacation every two years. What was SB Nation <laughs> thinking? Uh, but I just want to thank uh, Oscar Aparicio and Evan Roberts and Kevin Cole, who did take the time to join me last week, or actually earlier than that, but... Those dropped while I was on vacation, thanks to them. All those videos are up on YouTube, by the way, on the Niners Nation YouTube page if you want to watch them rather than listen to them. Uh, interesting stuff on today's show. This is an idea that Levin had that he was kicking around that we're going to get to in a second, but I, I'm a little out of practice. I almost forgot to do the ratings and the reviews. Please, please, please keep them coming. We greatly appreciate them. This one was left on June 14th. It says, updating my review. And it's WWE champs say no. And the title is uh, updating my review. The Oh Hey Now podcast took a huge hit. I assume he means Oh Hey There. Javi, Javi Vega, was awesome. Leo doesn't know his football, compared Brunskill to Tomlinson and said it was close, though Brunskill gave up 20 more pressures. Adding Jason Aponte is actually a minus. He is one of the more annoying content people, also has no knowledge of his own, takes others. Uh, I'm going to push back. I am sad to see Javi leave us, of course, but I'm thrilled to add Jason Aponte to the lineup. Of course, I'm the one that makes that decision, so of course I would say that, but Jason is awesome. He's a great guy. I absolutely love his content, so I'm going to push back. WWE champs say no. So correct me if I'm wrong, because I can't remember for sure. Wasn't Jason our first guest? Yeah, he might have been the first guest under my of reign the of whole terror network. Here. Yeah, of the whole network. I'm certain he was our first guest. Just I can't remember if others had a guest right off the bat. I think it was like only our second or third episode or something like that. You know, when he was like a young little Padwan, <laughs> you know, <laughs> only like 4,000 followers or back then. All right. Well, first of all, listen, you may be a Jedi, but we do not grant you the rank of master, Levin Black. So don't be putting yourself on the council just yet is all I'm I saying. I would not train no IU guy anyways. Here's the deal. And this happens. Our network, TVs, radio, anytime you make a lineup change, people don't like it right off the right off the bat. They just don't. That's their initial reaction. It takes time. It takes time to build up a relationship between hosts. It takes time to build up a relationship between hosts and listeners. Um, so like, don't grade anything yet is what I would say. It's like when you're watching a new show on Netflix or whatever, don't just watch one episode and, and make your decision. You got to give it a couple episodes here before you get into the flow, before you can really decide. Uh, yeah, definitely. And it's going to take a little while for them to kind of settle in too. You know, granted, Leo and Jason know each other pretty well, but, you know, they're by themselves. It takes a while to figure out the ebb and flow between two two hosts. You know, you know about how long I talk. You can tell by 
how my cadence when I'm finishing up most of the time. I think last time we recorded, you got surprised and there was dead silence because you're staring at me going, oh, wait, he's done. Crap. But that's because I wasn't really listening. (laughs) It takes a while, but, you know, those two, I think, are a pretty good match. So, I mean, that's why you went for Jason. Yeah, let's just just give it some time. That's all I ask. Just show a little patience, just like Trey Lance. We're not going to grade Trey Lance after 10 quarters. That would be absurd and ridiculous. Let's just give it a little time, and we'll see how it all shakes out when we've uh, got a little experience together. So uh, in that vein, your idea for this show today is kind of a, a theme. I would say take it or leave it is essentially the theme. What you came up with is I'm going to throw out a statistical number for certain categories, for certain players this year. And we're going to decide if you would take that number right now or if you would leave it and take your chances. Maybe you end up with more yards, maybe less, more touchdowns, maybe less, whatever the case may be. But I think it's going to show us kind of our minimum level of expectations, essentially, is I think what we'll find out here throughout the course of the show. So my first question to you, do you want to start with Trey Lance or do you want to start with somebody else on the team? Don't matter to me. I mean, QB's always the most important of anything, so. Okay, so I was jotting down some numbers trying to figure out my ballpark here for this thing. Like, what do I think is realistic? What do I think is interesting? And I'll start with the touchdowns because my first thought was 25 passing touchdowns, six rushing touchdowns. That'd be a total of 31. That is something that a 49ers quarterback has not reached since I think Jeff Garcia in the early 2000s. So at first I was like, wow, that's that would be kind of unprecedented. Then I was kind of breaking it down as I was starting to do the wide receiver touchdowns, and I was like, well, wait a minute, hold on. If Debo has eight and Ayuk has eight and Kittle has his normal five, that's already 21 right there. So I think the initial number for passing touchdowns I came up with was 25, but I think I would definitely say leave it because – I mean, if everybody just kind of does their standard thing, he's going to be over 25 touchdowns. For Lance, you kind of have to do a total touchdowns because he's going to have rushing touchdowns. So if you tell me 31 total touchdowns, I wouldn't be super thrilled by it, but I think you have to take it. Because if he scores 31 touchdowns, like you said, it hasn't been done since, I think, 2002. So I was just looking at Jeff Garcia's stuff yesterday um so i i think you have to take that if you get a quarterback with 30 plus total touchdowns who is starting for the first time in their career the entire season i think you have to take that because that means at the very worst they are average to above average i mean jimmy garoppolo has never done it so like you're looking at an improvement there i would think and thus you're looking at a team that is almost definitely in the playoffs and right in the thick of everything. So this was my thinking on the 25 touchdowns thing. Baker Mayfield in 2018 set the rookie record for touchdown passes at 27. Now it has since been broken, but that was the record for a little while and Baker broke it. And I was like, you know, Lance is kind of sort of a rookie. So I'll put him in the ballpark of the record thinking that that was, you know, realistic, but, I don't know. I think I might leave it because I agree with you. I think he's going to get at least five rushing touchdowns, at least some he's going to get on broken plays near the goal line that just he just does it. 
Some I think he's going to get on quarterback sneaks. If they get a little close to the goal line, he may get some design play. I, he's going to get at least five, probably between like five and eight. So then it's like, all right, if he gets five, then if he's going to get up to that 30 touchdown mark, that's a minimum of 25 passing touchdowns. But there's so much talent around him that I think I might take my chances. Honest to God. I know that, you know, he's inexperienced, but Kyle's there. The league is not going to know how to defend them at first. So I think especially early in the season, they might be able to sneak up on some people and he's going to be able to rack up some touchdowns. Then I think I would leave it. I think I would take my chances and say, even though 31 touchdowns is great. I agree with you. If that's what he ended up at, I wouldn't be disappointed at all. I think there's a really good chance that he could go above that. And I think the only way he gets less than that is if he's really bad. Yes and no. Like, I understand your thought process to me. And maybe you can call us, you know, PTSD with the whole quarterback situation the Niners have had for 20 freaking years now. But if he gets over 30 touchdowns, I know we have our guy. So I would rather lock that in. You know what I mean? Like, first year starting, he has 30 touchdowns. Okay, we can work with that. Jimmy Garoppolo had 23 total last year, and the Niners made the playoffs. So you're looking at eight more touchdowns. It's almost uh, half, you know, every other game, half a touchdown per game. So you're looking at a little over three points per game boost. I mean, that's the difference of multiple wins from last year. So you're looking at a 12-win team there if everything else is equal from last year. So I think you have to take that even though we are all certainly hoping he can do even more. You are a very conservative. I'm a gambling man. I admit, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to roll the dice a little bit, but everything that you're saying makes sense. Um, That's how but... you ended up here talking to me. So I know, sadly. Um, all right, so you are going to take it. I'm going to leave it on that one. In terms of passing yardage, uh, this is interesting too, because this is obviously impacted by his running ability as well. I think he's good for around 600 rushing yards which is 35 rushing yards a game, by the way, in case you, you look at it that way. I think that I don't think that's a crazy thing between design runs and scrambles and stuff. So I'm, I don't think he's going to throw for a ton of yardage. I would say, what if I put it at 3,500 yards passing for the season? That's 205 passing yards per game. Would you take that right now or would you leave it? Hell no. Jimmy Garoppolo had almost 4,000 both years that he stayed mostly healthy. And there's 17 games now. If Jimmy Garoppolo can do 3,900, just well, just under 4,000 yards in 2019 with 16 games, 3,500 is horrid by NFL <laughs> standards today. It really is. You would be outside the top 20, I would bet, in terms of yards per game. You would certainly be outside the top 20 if you had 17 games. Now, 3,500 total, if you factor in the injuries to – whatever quarterbacks end up injured this next season, then he might be top 20 overall yardage. But in terms of yards per game, that would literally be among the league's worst passing game uh, attacks, offenses. So hell no, way too low. I, I get what you're saying, but if you throw in the rushing yards, I think that's going to depress. The 35. Total I think you're, you're being skewed here by, us being in our upper 30s and remembering what the NFL was like. 3,500 well, right. is abysmal. 
it used to be the standard bearer of when you're getting to be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. So it used to be 3,000, hey, you had a good good enough season to remain a starter, 3,500, you're looking at the Pro Bowl. Now it's 4,000 is it the standard. Like you have a dozen quarterbacks a year hitting 4,000 yards. 3,500 is not going to be passing the mustard. For reference, Carson Wentz was 18th in the NFL last year in passing yardage. He threw for 3563. So that would put Lance, you know, in the lower half of the league in terms of passing yardage. There were 10 4,000-yard passers or above last season. Um, that may be a little low. You may be right. Um, would I take it? So 35 pass, 3,500 passing yards, 600 rushing yards. So that's talking about 4,100 total yards, which is a pretty solid season from your quarterback. Uh, I, how aggressive is Kyle going to be throwing the ball? Is he going to have the training wheels on Lance for the first few, few weeks of the season? Or you it think doesn't he's going to come out of the Jimmy gate? Jimmy Garoppolo is putting up 4,000 yards. Well, not 4,000. 3,978 yards. And he had 3,800 last year in 15 games, one of which he got injured in. All right, you're taking, you're leaving it. You're going to roll the dice because you think he's going to be way higher than that. If he only has 3,500 yards, he either was injured or he's not good. How much better do you think his passing is going to be this year now that, you know, supposedly the finger is healthy and all of that stuff? Because last year, you know, it wasn't like he was totally lighting the world on fire from a yardage from a passing yardage standpoint so do you think you're going to see a much different guy this year uh we saw enough last year to think that there's no way he's going to do that little i mean he takes chances he will throw the ball deep last year he averaged more than that per game in the games that he started so i don't it would be a regression for him to go back you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. He had, let's see, I'm looking here, 249 yards and 192 yards last season in his starts. And, you know, obviously that first one was when Kyle Shanahan decided, let's have like 15 designed runs <laughs> against Arizona and lose when they had like nobody playing. Uh, but even with that, you're looking at an average here of about 220, 225, just quick ballparking it. So you want him to be even worse than last year? It, it does not make sense. There's, there's no way. That is way too low of a bar. My bar that I had to suggest was 4,000 yards. You get your first 4,000-yard passer, but at the same time with 17 games, you know, like you said, there were 10 quarterbacks that had 4,000 last year. So you're looking at somebody that's maybe possibly hitting 10th best in the league. Like that to me is the bar. Like, are you going to take somebody that is in that 10 to 15 range, I think is where a lot of the bars, whatever statistic you pick for Trey Lance, that's kind of where you start to hit the point where you could go either way. If he's in the top 10 to 15, but he's not quite top 10, do you take it? I mean, if you're telling me right now he could throw for 4,000 yards, I I take it. Lock a book it. Like, I will take that. <laughs> Please give me 4,000 yards right now. I will take it and run. You throw in the rushing yards on top of that, and that's a that's a right. season from a 49ers quarterback that we have not seen almost in my lifetime, pretty much. Uh, ever. That would be with including the rushing yards, that would have to be the franchise record. I mean, Steve Young had I 
just over 4,000 yards as his career high, and then he normally had three to 400 rushing yards. So you're looking at 4,300, 4,400 yards to get the uh, yards record for a quarterback by the Niners. I know Jeff Garcia has the passing yardage record at, I want to say, 4,278. I could be off by 10 yards or so, but I know it's 4,200 and, and something yards. So you're looking at somebody that should be setting the record, which when you factor in the era change, and it's changed a lot due to the rule changes that don't allow you to mug wide receivers anymore. Any quarterback getting an extra game and getting these rule changes should be breaking that record. The fact the record has stood this long is ridiculous. First of all, I want to give you major credit because the 49ers single season passing yardage record is 4,278 by Jeff Garcia in the year 2000. So the fact that you remembered that to the exact number is impressive. couple things. One, yes, I know I like numbers. They stick in my head. Two, when you just said in the year 2000, I don't know if you picked up on it, but I totally had Conan O'Brien <laughs> vibes. You remember that skit they used to do in like the mid 2000s, like 2005, 2006, where they, they would go in the year 2000 and then they would give some crazy fact from 2000 that just seemed so outdated? No. No? But no. Living I was in never... your own little world in Connecticut. Look, I was 15 in 2000. I wasn't watching Conan. I don't, never watched Conan, actually. Never been a Conan guy. They didn't have that skit in 2000. They had that skit like five, ten years later when we were in college. Even then, Conan is not worth my time. Uh, so that is the Niners record, 4278. There's only been three 4,000-yard passing seasons in 49ers history. Two of those came from Steve Young and then obviously the Jeff Garcia, Jeff Garcia season we just mentioned. My God, in 1998, Steve Young threw for 36 touchdowns and seven interceptions. In 1998. That's absurd. Anyway, sorry, got off track there. Uh, all right, let's transition to, let's go to Debo. No, 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 hold on. I got one. I figured oh. you wouldn't go, go here. All right. I got one for Trey Lance. You going interceptions? Nope. 16 games. Oh, fuck yeah, book it. I would take that right now. That, that it's interesting to me. Like, so you're saying he misses one guaranteed, but at the same time, yeah, I think I take that. He could, that could be when they have the number one seed wrapped up. And wow. it's the final week of the season. That's the Nate Sudfeld start, baby. No. Oh yeah. Yeah. You give me 16 games out of Trey Lance right now. I take it. I'm not yeah, going to roll I, I the think dice for that yeah. one game. Yeah. No. Yeah. But I, I think that is an interesting kind of quandary there. Like you're telling me it's guaranteed my quarterback is missing one game and you're saying heck yeah i'm all over it i would take that with jimmy garoppolo too like i would well yeah that that's called the ptsd i'm referencing here no the... i think honestly mm. you can't just say my quarterback's gonna start every game and just pencil that in i mean that's just not the that's a freaking hard league man i don't think you can count on anybody to start all 17 games except your kicker and your punter because it's illegal to hit him <laughs> i don't that would be an interesting thing to look at. Who's injured more frequently now that you can't touch a quarterback? Quarterbacks or kickers? Because kickers <laughs> do get injured a decent bit, just not from getting hit, but from pulling, you know, groin, hamstring, things like that. That you, you now have, I have no way of actually researching that short of going through every single team's uh, season stats. And I'm not going to do that. But yeah, why don't you get on that? Yeah, no, I don't work for ESPN uh -huh. stats department and research and 
Ugh. I thought about applying to that department one time. Yeah, that would have been get a off topic. And I was like, mm. let me just tell you. It would get old someone, real quick. Yeah. As someone that worked there, that's not a job that uh, is as good as it sounds. Uh, let's do the interceptions real quick because uh, this is obviously a key thing with Lance. One interception is college career. Everybody knows it now. Um, but he did have several that should have been dropped in co- or should have been caught in college and several interceptions that should have been caught even last year when he played. If I put the number at 12, would you take it right now? Uh, yeah. Uh, no question. 12? Yeah. I'm taking that. I think I would too. Because that means even if he starts 16 games, you know, that's four games maybe where he doesn't even throw one if you're just going but kind of you know like by the averages that type of deal i would take 12 if he if he, i mean we just talked about his passing touchdowns right even if it was 25 that's you're talking about a two to one touchdown interception ratio yes please i mean to me he is going to be somebody that takes more risks as a quarterback is willing to try to thread the needle more so being under 15 I'll take it because I'm assuming there's going to be more big plays in there. You know what I mean? Like the risk I think Lance is going to have as a quarterback and the thing he might have to learn the hard way is that you can't just throw it up for grabs all the time. And I think he's going to want to do that. Now you can throw it up for grabs all the time. If you have crazy accuracy like Aaron Rodgers. And I think that is something that he'll, he'll probably have to learn. I expect him to have higher than average interception numbers. So to me, if he can come in at average, I'm taking it. So I know this whole show is kind of based off numbers. So I'm contradicting myself here a bit, but like, don't get caught up in the number. And here's what I mean. Matthew Stafford led the lay, led the league last year, interceptions with 17. He tied with Trevor Lawrence. The Rams won the Super Bowl, And guess what? It didn't matter because Matt Stafford also threw 41 touchdown passes. So you can't just look at the number of interceptions in a vacuum. You have to, like, what else is the person doing? Jimmy Garoppolo never led the league in interceptions. The problem was he never led the league in touchdown passes either. So his interceptions, the impact of those interceptions was felt a lot more than just, you know, whatever the number was. When you're not making the spectacular play, you cannot make the boneheaded interception. If Lance is thrown for 40 touchdowns, if he throws 17 picks, you're not going to care. So this is a little misleading here when we're just talking about X number of interceptions, but I don't think he's going to throw that many. Uh, I think that he does throw to the outside more, which is a huge factor. How many times did we see Jimmy Garoppolo throw over the middle? Maybe the ball was off target or maybe it was tipped by somebody and then it gets caught because that's where all the people are. So if Lance is throwing outside the numbers more, chances are he's going to throw fewer interceptions because there just aren't as many people around to catch the damn thing. Uh, Yeah, and I I think it should be said here that he's going to throw a lot more of a fastball, which is harder for defenders to catch. I mean, there's a lot more Jaquiski tarts on defense than Ed Reed's. You know what I mean? Like defenders are on defense for (laughs) a reason. You're picking on Tart because he's an eagle now. (laughs) Uh, no, I mean, it, it is what it is. He's not an interception guy. Uh, but there's a reason why a, a lot of DBs are DBs and not wide receivers. And some of that is normally to do with their hands. So, all right, 
we've got Lance pretty much squared away, I think. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into some of the other players in the Niners, and I think we're going to have some arguments. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast, this is our Take It or Leave It edition. I'm going to throw out a number, a statistical achievement for a 49ers player, and then we're going to decide if we would take that right now or if we would leave it and gamble and take our chances during the regular season. Let's go to Debo now. Coming off a historically good season, one of the most, I think, one of the most underrated seasons. The fact that Cooper Cup just went God mode has kind of taken some of the shine off of Debo's year, How just how incredible it was. Um, what do I want to put Debo's yardage number at? How about 1,100 yards receiving for Debo this year? You taking it or you leaving it? Uh, I think I'd take that. In all honesty, yes, that's a drop off of more than 300 yards. Uh, but to me, 1,100 yards is still a really good year. And I think Ayuka is going to have more this year than he had last year. Ayuk led the team in receiving yards in the second half of last season. So to me, I, th- I think people are going to look at Debo and be disappointed if he doesn't repeat. The number of receivers that have repeated 1,400-yard seasons is two, maybe three people. Well, I guess it's probably three or four. Probably Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, and Julio Jones. That's probably the entire list. Like It's not something that you should expect. I think if, if you get 11, 1,200 yards out of Debo or any wide receiver, you should take that every single time unless they have four or five years in a row of proving otherwise. First of all, you left T.O. off your list, so that's shame on you. He absolutely did. he have did. back-to-back 1,400 yards? Yes. 2,000 with the Niners. He had 1,451. 2,001 with the Niners, 1,412. So there you go. You're a big jerk. You obviously are not a real Niner fan. Um, the, here's the other thing with Debo is that he's going to get all the attention. You know, like he's going to there. He's going to be treated like the number one of number ones. And I know he was last year too but now the Niners you know people have a whole other year a whole offseason of studying up you know like it's not like Debo had this history of putting up all these thousand yard seasons before last year in fact he never had so it's a little bit different now when he comes into the season coming off the year that he had plus I agree with you I think that the other people in the offense are going to eat a little more specifically Ayuk, so that's going to pull down some of Debo's numbers I would take the 1100 yards personally um I don't think he's going to have nearly as many rushing yards. I, I could see him only getting, you know, 10 to 15 carries all season long, to be honest with you. And then maybe in the playoffs, they they sort of turn it loose on that. Who knows if they get there. Um, but I think he's going to be much more of a traditional wide receiver this year. I would take the 1,100 yards and, and be happy with it because I just, like you said, you just can't go in saying 1,400 yards or bust. That's unrealistic. And if he has 1,100 yards... I think there is something to be said here for the fact he doesn't have a contract. He has a contract. He doesn't have an extension. uh, And the fact that he hasn't been working out with Trey Lance, and it's widely believed Trey Lance is going to favor Ayuk, at least in the beginning. So for Debo to still get over 1,000 yards, I think that's kind of a win. Now, if Debo's getting 25, 26 million a year, 1,100 yards is the bar like you you have to have 11 1200 yards if you're getting paid that otherwise you're a negative due to your contract i agree the numbers change the expectations for sure 
and you can draft a lot of guys that can put up 1100 yard seasons. So if you're paying somebody at the market rate, they got to do more than that. That's just simple fact of how it works. Um, what do you think Jennings is going to do? How's he going to eat into Debo's numbers? Cause I think he's going to have, I don't think he's going to be like, you know, a, a massive weapon for the Niners, but I think he'll do more than he did last year. And he had a very, very solid season last year, especially in the second half coming on, filling a specific role for this team on third down. I think he is the one that is hardest to predict. With Ayuk and Debo, you know they're going to get a 1,000 to a little more if they stay healthy. That third wide receiver is more difficult because, yes, Jennings looked good at the end of the last year, and all reports are he's improving, you know, that he's progressing. But at the same time, you drafted a wide receiver that brings something to the table in terms of his speed and gray, and you have positive reviews of Ray Ray McLeod, who they spent money on, who also has a speed game. So how much is Jennings actually going to be able to be targeted when you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have Debo, and then you have these other guys that bring a speed element that Jennings doesn't. To me, I, I think I have to temper my expectations of Jennings just because I don't think he's necessarily going to be able to get the targets that we're all assuming he's going to get because he's not going to, I don't think there's going to be a, well, this guy's definitely the number three receiver. I think there's going to be a lot of moving around at that number three spot that changes things. So I don't, if Jennings has like more than 400 yards as the third receiver, I'm happy. And I I think there's going to be at least two other receivers that end up with more than 400 yards, which you might be scoffing at. Well, that's nothing for third wide receivers, especially third wide receivers in an offense that doesn't pass a whole lot and has a tight end that gobbles up as many yards as Kittle does. That's actually a really good season. For the record, I don't think Jennings, if he has the exact same season as he did last year, I would be fine with that. He had 24 catches last year. 20 of them went for either a first down or a touchdown. That That's effective, man. That is affecting the game. I would take that from him, especially like you said, with the contributions that we are expecting from other receivers on the team. So let's get to the touchdowns now with Debo. Do you want to go with total touchdowns? Do you want to go with receiving touchdowns? Either or. Uh, 10. Take it or leave it. I take it. This is an offense that uh, struggles in the red zone until last year. Uh I think a lot of your red zone touchdowns are going to get gobbled up by Trey Lance. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of designed movement for Trey Lance once they get into the red zone where Trey Lance has, you know, he's already getting out of the pocket. So if there's any lane, he can take off. Uh, And I think Trey Lance is uh, much more spreads the ball around in the red zone. I, I think Jimmy in the red zone, he got nervous, and so it was first read or I'm out. Whereas <laughs> I think Trey Lance is, he's going to move around by time, and he's going to look wherever he can look, and he doesn't care who it is. You know, if it's open, he's going to throw it. So I, I don't think there's going to be this easy red zone. And I think Debo, a lot of his touchdowns were long touchdowns or rushing touchdowns, and I don't think either one of those are likely to re. Pete in the same manner you know you you go back to 
you know, when Kittle had his record setting season as a tight end, it's because he had like four or five times where he broke free and had this crazy long touchdown. Debo was like that last year. Those aren't things that you can necessarily predict to repeat. You know, those are, I don't want to say luck because yes, Debo is amazing once the ball is in his hand. Might be the best player in the entire league in that, but it's not common to have, you know, four or five touchdowns of 50 plus yards for anybody. (laughs) So I think he's due to regress. And to me, I think we're going to, we're going to have a season where I wouldn't be surprised if nobody has 10 plus touchdowns yet. The Niners score more points than they ever have in the Shanahan era. Right. I agree with you. I think it's entirely possible that they go a year without anybody reaching double digit touchdowns. Uh, You mentioned Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, there was just a, uh, story I saw that Kyle Posey wrote on Niners Nation. He had the worst completion percentage inside of the 10 yard line in 2021. He was 12 of 30, which is kind of crazy. Um, I you would expect hopefully that to improve. Uh, so I agree with you. I would take 10 combined touchdowns by Debo and be very, very happy with it. Let's go to Ayuk now. If I throw out the same numbers for Ayuk 1100 yards and 10 touchdowns, would you take it? Absolutely. For me, Ayuk, I want a thousand yards. That that's my borderline. If he's under a thousand yards, I'm disappointed. If he's Agreed. over a thousand yards, you know, I'm happy because I think Debo will get a thousand yards. So if you have two receivers putting up a thousand plus yards, you, you're doing something right, and you're going to be winning uh, a lot of games, or you're going to be a team that was passing 700 times in a season, which we know will not be the 49ers. So it would be the latter, where you had a good season. Um, to me, I mean, Ayuk had, I, I want to say he had 578 yards in the final eight games last year. So with 17 games, you're looking at a almost 1,200-yard receiver. So, yeah, you, you should be happy with that. You should be, let me put it this way. Any single player in the league that has never had a 1,000-yard receiving or a 1,000-yard season, whether running back, wide receiver, whatever, Getting their first one, you should be happy with that. I mean, obviously, the 10 touchdowns, of course, you would take. Um, he better get over a thousand yards. Like, he just has to. Now, I think that he has been held back, but I think that now is the time, man. I mean, your contract is going to be, you're going to be eligible for a new contract. Like, it's put up or shut up time for IU. God, we all know he was in spent half of 2021 or some part of 2021 in the doghouse and was basically ignored. Uh, time to see Ayuk shine. I agree with you. Let's get to Kittle now. This is fascinating for me. We have seen him all over the the map, essentially, with the 49ers. We've seen him set the record for receiving yards by a tight end in a single season, and we've seen him kind of fade into the background a little bit or not at least be the superstar we know he can be. I know that Mina Kimes is very excited about the prospect of Kittle with Trey Lance. She thinks that it's possible that they have sort of a Mahomes, Travis Kelsey type relationship where Kittle's the beneficiary of Trey extending plays, scrambling, getting out on the move. Uh, I would love it if that was the case, but from a statistical standpoint, outside of his one giant year, George Kittle has not really been this extraordinary creature at tight end from a statistical standpoint this year with Trey Lance. If I give you, 700 yards and five touchdowns, which is Kittle basically gives you five touchdowns a year, more or less. Take it or leave it. Uh, leave it 
and like 700 yards. The only season that he's been under 700 other than his rookie year was the year he played eight games. Even last year, where he was held in the block a good bit of the time, he had 900 yards, you know, and then he had the back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in the other two years. Just 2020 when he only played eight games that he was under 700. So, I mean, he's the top-paid tight end in the league. He better have more than 700 yards. I, I mean, I would like to agree with you there. Um, he has been held into block a fair amount, uh, although that number is decreasing. In 2019, he was blocking 16% of the time. In 2020, he was blocking 13.4% of the time. Last blocking 12.6% of the time. So that is going down. But I feel like with George, he'll have a couple weeks during the year where he's like unstoppable from a receiving standpoint, like 170 yards on 10 catches. And you're like, my God, this guy's incredible. And then he'll have so many weeks where he just doesn't do anything either because he's blocking and they're running the ball. Well, the quarterback is ineffective, whatever the case may be. He doesn't put up generally that like 100 yards or 90 yards week in, week out. I don't know. Maybe it takes him a few weeks to get on the same page with Trey Lance. I don't think I think I would take the 700 yards, to be honest with you, especially like if we talked about the Niners are going to spread it on, spread it around a little bit more with Debo and Ayuk and Jennings and Gray and all that stuff. I think I would take the 700 yards. To me, the touchdowns is where I get frustrated. You know this. I've said it to George Kittle himself. He's got to score more. He just does. And I think that's the area where we'll see the biggest improvement. Inside the red zone, I think you'll see Trey and George make a little magic. Uh, I certainly hope so. But no, I think you're crazy to think 700 is the bar. If he's at 750, I'm disappointed. If he's at 800, I'm disappointed. Uh Pretty much, I, I don't think he goes quite to a thousand because he's a tight end. But I think repeating last year when he only played 14 games and had 19 or 910 yards, I, I think that is the bar. But to me, st- statistic wise, I don't really care, George Kittle, because I kind of trust him to get decent numbers if he plays. It's the games. That's what worries me. I mean, this is a guy that is stubbornly not getting a surgery that he needs. <laughs> so he has and a because, of, because of that, he is constantly banged up. Even, even though he played 14 games last year, I mean, how many games was it that, well, he might not play. And it was a question mark until the weekend, you know? So to me, I just want to see him play in at least the amount of games he played last year. If he plays 14 games, I'm satisfied. And if he plays 14 games, I, there's no question to me that he's over 700 yards. I think that this is probably maybe the last or second to last year of peak George Kittle that we are ever going to see. He's going to turn 29 this year. We all know his playing style is so physical. It's why he's so fun to watch, but it takes a toll on you. It does. And, you know, we're talking about somebody who at his peak is one of the most difficult people to tackle in the league, who's a just a bruiser. There are only so many seasons that somebody is capable of being at that level. Again, not saying he's going to fall off a cliff. I'm talking peak George Kittle. I think he's got like one or two years left. Um, And I hope that he can, you know, I I would sign for the 14 games right now, like you said. 
And I hope I'm wrong. I'm just, I don't know. I'm trying to be conservative here. I'm very concerned about putting on my 49ers fan glasses and just, you know, looking at everything through scarlet colored lenses. I don't want to do that. So I'm trying to dial it back a little. I'm getting the vibe from you that you think I'm being too conservative with all this. <laughs> I, I'm laughing at the fact that you started with saying no to 30 touchdowns for Lance. And then every single one of those cents has been a bar much lower than I would have put it because you're satisfied with them having wor much worse years than the year before. Well, not 700 ever... yards for George Kittle is a very bad year. You're paying him the highest amount for any tight end in the league. 700 yards is not acceptable. I agree with you, but what I'm saying is, would you take it right now? No. All I don't right. pay $16 million for a tight end to get 700 yards, whether it's injury or just not being utilized. I am very disappointed in that. I would go as far to say that if George Kittle either has an injury-plagued year where he has less than 700 yards or has 700 yards, put it right at 700, or plays you know, 14, 15 games and still only has 700 yards because it's just not needed as much with Trey Lance, they should be looking to move him. 700 yards, yes, but it's not always because, oh, well, George can't get open. It's other people are getting the ball. Trey Lance is running the ball more. You know, we got to see how the offense looks. I, I don't think you can just say, well, he only got 700 yards. He had a bad year. Now, I agree with you from your salary cap standpoint. That's not a good allocation of funds if he's only gaining 700 yards, but uh, that's a separate question. Let's get to the running backs now. This is the craziest area because we all know how Kyle goes through running backs. We all know that it's been a different leading rusher every year, the Shanahan era. I don't even know that I can throw out like, I'll just put it this way. Yards for the 49ers leading rusher this year, 900, take it or leave it. Uh, I would take that because I think they're going to have a lot more of a committee this year. Um, it's a weird one because you never know who's going to be the definite feature back. Like it's entirely possible. Eli Mitchell becomes somebody that only gets 10, 12 yard or carries a game. Yep. Cause that's just how it goes. Kyle is not scared to yank a running back. Um, I, I had a way that I liked putting this specifically for Mitchell. And that's, he matches his rookie year. Are you satisfied? He had uh, 900 and I want to say 36 yards, and he had right at 1,100 yards from scrimmage. Are you taking that? I would definitely take that because I think like you, he's going to have fewer opportunities this year. So if you're telling me he could put up the same amount of yards with fewer opportunities, uh, how could you not take it? Um, Son of a he... bitch, I got the numbers backwards. He had 963, not 936. I flipped two numbers in my head. Well, that totally changes my opinion. Oh, yeah. Those 30, 20, <laughs> 27 yards is everything. No, I. Uh, but I, I don't think he's going to get his 207 rushes this year. I think that the 49ers have shown you that they are going to put somebody else in on third down. Last year, it was Jamichael Hasty. Who knows if it'll be Hasty again, but it's not going to be Elijah Mitchell. I think that Hope much not. is clear. You hope it's not Mitchell. You hope it's not Hasty. I hope it's not Hasty. Yeah, me too. I'm all set. He, with he showed me Hasty. nothing. Yeah, he, he showed me nothing last year. But 
No, I, I, I do. I put it, I put it that way because I think there are a lot of Niner fans out there that think Mitchell is the future back and that he's, you know, the next great one. He's and not. He's not. He, he showed some issues. He showed certainly he outplayed his draft position, but he showed in some respects why he was a late round pick. His ball carrier vision comes and goes. Some plays he makes the right cut. Some plays there's a massive hole that he runs away from and goes to where there is no hole. Uh, there there were times that he left a 10, 20-yard run on the field because he just didn't see the hole. So he could improve in that, obviously, because he was a rookie. But I just don't see him being a great back. I think he's somebody that's really good. You're certainly happy to have him. Uh, but let me put it this way. He's not somebody that I think is going to be getting extended when t- the time comes. He's not a running back you want to pay uh, free agent market value. I think it's pretty clear. There's no running back that Kyle Shanahan will extend. They don't care about Moster. They don't care. Brita. There's just no new- there's no reason to it. There's no reason to ever extend a running back in today's NFL. You should never, ever, ever do it. I don't care if you have Christian McCaffrey. I don't care who you have. There is no reason to do it. So to answer your question, I would take Elijah Mitchell repeating his rookie year because that means he's more productive, essentially. The same amount of yards on fewer touches. I would take that. Get back to my original question, though. Do you? So you, um, you think that the Niners' leading rusher, you would sign for 900 yards for them on the season this year, or would you gamble? No, I would sign for that because I think there's going to be three or four guys that are the feature back in in at least one game during the season. And the fact that the Niners' running back room is by far the most injury-plagued positional group in the entire league for any team. So if you tell me somebody was healthy enough to get to 900 yards, I'll take it. The crazy thing about the running back room, though, like whether it's Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson or Trey Sermon, like I have faith that whoever is starting in the game can get 100 yards like easily. Like it would not shock me at all, almost no matter which running back on the team is starting, which I don't think most teams in the league can say. No, that's the Kyle Shanahan effect. You you expect the running back to have a 100 yard game every game because that is the offense. I mean, it, you can go back to when it wasn't Kyle's offense and it was Mike Shanahan's offense. You expected 100 yards every single game from the running back. Did not matter who it was. You expect that because the, it, it's the system. Let's just call it what it is. It's the system. Other than Terrell Davis, there's not been a Hall of Fame running back in that system yet. Every single year, that system produces when it comes to running. Like, you should expect a good rushing game every single year with a Shanahan-led offense or game. That's the scary thing, like you said, is that any of the running backs could could get injured and you kind of expect it. But the good news is that anybody that comes in for them could also be just as productive. Uh, let's flip it over quickly. Let's go to the defensive side of the field. Better not say no Boza 10 sacks. Better bring this- that number up. Well, so this is another number that I feel like you can't look at just in a vacuum, but we're going to do that here because that's kind of the theme of the show. It is going to be Bosa sacks. I'm going to put it at 17 and I'm going to leave it as crazy as that sounds. 
I think the 49ers defense is going to be even better this year. I think this year there's a chance that Nick Bosa could actually get <gasps> gasp a coverage sack or two, believe it or not. Cause I think the secondary is going to be better. I'm as wild as it would be to say that I would not be satisfied with 17 sacks with Nick Bosa. I think he's so good. And the unit as a whole has a chance to be so much better that I think I'm going to gamble. I, I think there's a decent shot. He gets 20 sacks this year. I really do. You're like on two extremes. You're either like, hey, this is a crazy high number, but I don't give a shit. Or you're like, hey, here's a super low bar that everybody would take um, <laughs> or not take because it's so low. To me, yeah, 17 sacks, I'm taking that because one, that means he stayed healthy, which is a Boza concern. Um, and two, I don't care who it is in history. I'm taking 17 sacks if it's a given. I don't, I don't care who it is. I'm taking the 17 sacks. He had 15 and a half last year and was in consideration for defensive player of the year right up until the last few games when he didn't do much. Um, so, yeah, if he improves on last year, hell yeah, I'm taking it. That's logical. Like, everything you're saying makes sense to me. I just, I think he's going to be, like, he was coming off a horrific knee injury. I, I, you can You can take 17 sacks and still think, well, yes, he could have had 20. There were only two players in the league last year that had more than 17 sacks. Robert Quinn had 18 and a half. TJ Watt had 22 and a half. Miles Garrett was third in the NFL with 16. So 17 sacks is right around there in the top league leaders. I just think we're going to see the best Nick Bosa that we've ever seen. He, he said it himself. He's in better shape than he was last year. He's in the best shape of his life. He didn't have to spend all offseason rehabbing. I think he is a Hall of Fame generational type pass rusher, and I wouldn't be disappointed with 17 sacks. For the record, I just think there is a good enough chance that he's better than that, that I can't sign my name on that X for this year. That's all I'm saying. Uh-huh. Let me throw a number at you then for a different – it's not a player. It's the overall defense, and that's that they repeat at ninth – in the league for points allowed. So you can guarantee a top 10 defense, but it's ninth. Mm, I, I, I think that's a, that's a tough one because you're guaranteeing a top 10 defense. If you have a top 10 defense with Kyle Shannon, you're probably making the playoffs. But at the same time, I, I don't think there's any question. Both of us are expecting this defense to be right there in, at the best in the league. That's a really tough question. I'm just trying to look like, look at the offenses and the quarterbacks they'll be playing, right? Russell, like not every top 10 defense is the same. Like if you play in the NFC East and you've had to play the garbage largely for, you know, a huge chunk of your schedule, it's easier to have a top 10 defense. But the Niners are playing Russ, Stafford twice, obviously, Mahomes, Justin Herbert, maybe Tua, who knows if he's any good, Tom Brady, Derek Carr with some of the weapons that he now has, obviously Kyler Murray twice. Like I, I would think I would take that because – like I said, it's one thing to be a top 10 defense. It's another thing to be a top 10 defense when you are facing some of the elite quarterbacks in the league, which the Niners do this year. So I, I would sign for that right now. Yes. Would you? So to me, this is a really weird position to where I would take ninth in points, but I would also be disappointed by it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, I'm taking a guaranteed top 10 uh, defense because I think this offense will be improved. And thus, you're looking at an 
win team, in my opinion, at least. If this defense is top 10 and Lance stays healthy, um, this is a playoff team then. So I would take it, but at the same time, this defense, I'm pretty much going to be disappointed unless they're like top three. You know what I mean? But ninth, I'm certainly disappointed by, but at the same time, I take it. It's a weird one where it falls in that in-between point where you take it, but you're also disappointed. Let me kind of flip that around. I mean, short of like massive, massive injuries, I feel like that's the only way they're going to be outside the top 10 in points allowed, unless Trey Lance is so historically bad at turning the ball over and putting them, you know, in a short field so consistently. I feel like that's the only way. If they have just just a regular season health-wise, just, you know, NFL average. What's that? Well, not what they've had in recent (laughs) years. But just, you know, not an abnormal number of injuries. They're going to be top 10. I just, there's too much talent everywhere on the defense, except maybe the secondary. But at the same time, you could argue it's the most talented secondary the 49ers have ever had under Kyle Shanahan. So, you know, I don't know where that leaves you, but I just think that this unit is so, so good. It would be a massive, massive disappointment to be outside the top nine, really. Right. So, let me throw this wrinkle in there. You're already saying that you're going to be disappointed if Trey Lance, you know, basically isn't better than Jimmy right out the bat, uh, which I don't disagree with. Um, but we know Trey Lance is going to get some first downs that Jimmy Garoppolo never would have just because of his running. You know, that third and six that he scrambles for the first down. Well, that keeps the offense on the field more. Yep. Which means ninth is less impressive. So that's an interesting wrinkle here that. Yes, you're repeating as ninth best in the league in terms of points allowed for the defense, but in a lot of ways that would be worse with the assumption that Lance is better than Jimmy because that means the the defense was on the field less and yet gave up that many points. I see what you're saying there, and I think that that's a factor. I don't – so it could be one of two things, right? It could be the Niners run the ball more. They have a more effective running game. So the offense is on the field more and that's good, right? The defense gets a rest, but it could also be that Lance and Shanahan are more aggressive going down the field and making big chunk plays that the offense is on the field less because they don't have to go on these 20 play drives that take up 15 minutes to get down the field. So I'm not quite sure which way I lean on that. I think overall, the offense will be able to sustain more drives. Although I just want to point out because you kind of touched on something there. And I think that the Jimmy stands are all loaded up to defend this point. I don't think that Trey Lance can make every play that Jimmy Garoppolo makes and more. There are going to be first downs that Jimmy Garoppolo could have gotten that Trey Lance is not going to get. And there's going to be first downs that Trey Lance gets that Jimmy couldn't dream of getting overall net. I think Lance can sustain more drives than Jimmy Garoppolo can, but it's not like I expect Trey Lance to do everything that Jimmy Garoppolo did and make all the plays Jimmy did and more. I just want to clear that up for people because I feel like the stands are ready to attack him on that point. And I just want to try and, you know, disarm that notion early. I don't disagree with that. Uh, I mean, I would be willing to guarantee Trey Lance does not have a better completion percentage than Jimmy Garoppolo. Agreed. Now you can say, well, yeah, because you're going to take more risk. No, because Trey Lance has inconsistent accuracy. He can be, he can make the craziest of accurate throws when he's 
running straight backwards. You know, he can make the Madden like throw where he's running straight backwards towards his own inline, and then he just wheels on a dime and throws it 60 yards, and it's perfectly accurate. But I do think he's going to miss a lot more of these short throws that Jimmy was really good at. Now, Jimmy, every once in a while, would just have a, what the hell was that? You know, like a wild pitch from a pitcher. Um, But overall, he is one of the most accurate quarterbacks. He just can't throw the ball deep, and he's scared to throw a lot of other throws. Um, very limited in what he can throw, but he is very accurate at the short to even stretching to intermediate routes, especially over the middle. Lance will not be as accurate as him in that regard. So overall, do you think that the offense will be on the field for more time than they were last year or less time? Yes, because I think the clock will run more. Um, I guess there'll be more incompletions, so you can put it in that regard where the clock stops, but I think just the amount that Lance will run from scrambles will keep that clock moving and keep the chains moving more. I think that they're going to have, there's going to be drives that as 49er fans, we're all too familiar with from Russell Wilson, where we got him to third down again. Oh, he scrambled for it. We got him to (laughs) third down again. Oh, he scrambled for it. We got him to third down again. Oh, he completed a, you know, two yard pass that turned into an eight yard gain. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be the drives where the defense is constantly doing everything right on first and second down. And then you just have an incredibly athletic quarterback who just barely gets that first down. And it's, you know, there there were drives where there were like three or four third downs in a row that the Niners defense couldn't get off the field because Russ Wilson did something. Trey Lance will be able to do that. And having drives like that, even if it's, you know, every other game, that will swing the statistics of being on the field in terms of time of possession pretty heavily. That has a really big effect on that. All right. How about this? Interceptions by Charverius Ward. I still got to find out how to say his name. It drives me nuts that I don't know for sure. I should just email the 49ers. Maybe I will. Um, interceptions by Ward this year. Uh, I'll put it at four. Do you take it or leave it? Absolutely. <laughs> like, I, I think I speak for most of the fan base. Uh, I have been conditioned now to where I don't really care about the interceptions. I don't care about the number of interceptions. I just want you to not allow receptions. <laughs> I want you to do a good job in coverage. That's all I care about because we have not had a high interception person in a long time. I mean, Sherman. He was a high interception guy in his career, but with the Niners, not so much because teams just didn't throw at him when he was healthy. Teams just went the other way all the time, went away from Sherman. Uh, That's how he had an all-pro year because he didn't allow almost anything because people didn't really challenge him. They didn't need to. They had other guys they would rather challenge. So, like, I honestly don't even look at the interception numbers anymore. Jimmy Ward led the 49ers in interceptions last year with two. And he had them both in the same game. It was in that Rams game. He had them in the first quarter of that Rams game. When's the last time a Niners DB had four or more? Or had more? Since you're putting the bar at four. When's the last time a DB had five interceptions for the Niners? To where you would be saying no to four because you think he can have five. That's crazy. It's probably been at least a decade. Off the top of my head, I feel like it was Dion in 94 when he had seven. <laughs> no, I, I think there were some years. Like Nate Clements might have hit it one, one time. 
Nate. Had, wow, there's a name I haven't heard in a little while. I want to say he had he had a season. Let me. I'm just pulling him up. Oh nope, he had four his first year with the Niners. God, I'm going back. I'm at 2018 now. There are some years where the Niners had two interceptions. Mm-hmm. Like we just they just don't do it. Eric Reed. There we go. I got it. Who is it? Carlos Rogers had six in when he made the Pro Bowl in oh, 2011. I that was, it was his probably best 10 year. years ago. Those were the two guys that immediately popped in my head when I was saying that it was either Carlos Rogers or Nate Clements. That's wild. They, they, I mean, they haven't really had a number one corner. Real. I mean, I guess Sherman you could say, but this is you know Richard Sherman at the end of his career, not prime Richard Sherman. Uh, and I mean Ward, they're paying Ward to be that guy, so. And I, I agree. Think part, part of it is the NFL has changed. Like interceptions are down league wide. Yeah, yeah, because you can't touch anybody. I agree that that the completion numbers and the yards allowed are more important than the interceptions. But I would like somebody in the damn secondary to be able to make a game changing type of play once in a while. Is all I'm saying. I mean, look at that Rams game with Ward. Right, that's a perfect example. They kicked the shit out of the Rams that day because. I mean, one was a pick six, uh, which helps, obviously. But then they got the other interception. Like, if they get turnovers on a consistent basis, they're just going to maul people next year. Uh, yeah. I mean, this defense, to me, I think if this defense has a lot of turnovers, though, it is going to be fumbles because they are going to get after people. And I think that could lead to a lot of fumbles. Um, and, you know, th- there's been a lot of studies done on it. And, it is pretty much confirmed that whether or not you recover a fumble, totally random, totally random. <laughs> and if you look at top defenses every single year, you're going to see that there's every single year, there's a top five defense that is there because they had a lot of fumbles bounce their way. Same with defensive touchdowns. It's totally random. Just luck on whether a bounce is just right. So it, I think the Niners are going to have a lot of opportunities to recover fumbles. And if it bounces their way, this defense is going to be one that no team can match. I think this defense, if the defense plays to its talent level, plays to its potential, they are better than any offense. Ooh, any offense. That's ballsy. I mean, if this team plays to what they are capable the pass rush is going to shut down any offense well that assuming that bosa can get a couple holding flags too this year i think he'll get more (laughs) this year by the way just because it was such a thing last year it's been a thing since he started like sure that that is hey how do you stop bosa well i hold the shit out of him every play (laughs) and hope they don't call it that's literally the only tactic you have against bosa and it's was old when it started and the fact that the nfl is not addressing it just pisses me off it's ridiculous the Niners lost a Super Bowl because you won't call holds on Boza how about you start (laughs) calling them yeah that is a strategy though like the Seahawks the Legion of Boom did it every play they was either defensive holding or pass interference yeah Legion of Boom was not talent wise an all-time great talent defense they just went out and said we're gonna mug the shit out of you like it's still 2000 and dare the refs to call uh the penalty and you know brandon browner was not a good corner he was just really big he was almost a linebacker in size and he would just grab you and beat the crap out of you and then look at the rest like what are you going to call it every single play 
you can call it once a game. It's not going to stop me. Like that's right. They were basically say, yep, you can call each one of us for one penalty a game, but I bet you won't do it three, four or five times to where it's a, a net negative for us. And by the way, I don't mean that as a knock on them. Like congratulations to them. That's a great strategy. Cause they're just like, look, you're not going to call it on every play. You're not going to call it anywhere close to every play. And so it's a net positive for us to do it. And they were one of the most effective defenses in the history of the NFL. Uh, so I get that people say the same thing with Bosa. Like, yeah, maybe I'll get one or two flags, but they're not going to call it. And maybe we hit a big play or whatever. Uh, so Would I you get rather one. give up three sacks or have two holding penalties? Right. I'm sure the quarterback would say <laughs> have the holding penalties. <laughs> That's for sure. All right. Before we go, is there any other number that you wanted to get to? Not specifically. I mean, there's some that I think could be interesting here and there, but I don't, I think we hit all the main ones. Uh, you know, we could do offensive points per game, but I, I don't think it matters. How about if Trey Lance hits the, the bar that we just set, those points will come. How about this? Let's end it on this. Wins for the season, take it or leave it right now. 10. Believe it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's a tough one. But to me, I do think Lance will be overall more effective than Jimmy. And that's going to make the offense better. And I think the defense is, at worst, ninth in the league in points allowed. So that tells me they're going to win more. And I think the Niners left multiple wins on the table last year because their freaking offense couldn't do anything. Well, yeah, but they also three and out, three and out, three and out, just like they lost the NFC title game, three and out, three and out, three and out. I don't see that happening as often because Lance will be able to make a scramble or, or do something to break up the string of, Hey, our offense hasn't done shit for an entire quarter. I think that it's going to, behoove the Niners to get up by multiple scores. Um, and what I mean by that is the area with Trey Lance that I have the least amount of confidence in is two minute situations, end of half or end of game. He didn't ever really have to do it at North Dakota state because they were always destroying people. So I think that Jimmy Garoppolo was at his best to me in those situations. Cause I think it was less thinking and he, he could just kind of go out there and get in the flow and just react, try to get the ball out of his hands quick. And, and everything was about speed. And, and I, don't know, I just think that was his best area. I don't know that Trey Lance is going to be as good in that area. I would say at least this year, he's not going to be. And so if it comes down to close games where he has to make a drive late, maybe he'll be good at it. I don't know, but I don't know. So I can't have confidence there. So I would sign for the 10 wins right now. I would take it because the NFL is structured to where it's a one score game. Like that's what the league wants. They want games to come down to that for the TV ratings and whatnot. And generally most games do. Most games are within a score in the fourth quarter, even with some of the bad teams. So I would sign for the 10 wins and take it right now, even though I agree with you, their potential for more is definitely there. Um, but you know, you could lose some of those coin flips and end up losing games that were eminently winnable. As we saw last year against the Colts, against the Titans, a couple of games last year, the Niners should have won, like you said. So I would take the 10. Um, I think that they could win 11 or 12, like they have the potential there, but you give me 10, that means they're in the playoffs. And at this point with this Niners regime, 
just get into the playoffs. I don't care if it's a one seed. I don't care if it's a six seed, whatever it is, because Kyle has shown me that he can dial it up in the playoffs and the Niners can make a deep run. So just get into the dance. That's all I want. And 10 wins will get me there. Mm, 10 wins likely gets you in the playoffs. I would say it, it it's not a for sure thing with 17 games, 10 and seven. It, it's, I, I think it swings the pendulum to me, 10 and six, you know, you, you were, you would have to be incredibly, incredibly unlucky to not make the playoffs. I think it's what happened twice in league history where 10 and 16 didn't make it 10 and seven. I think you're going to see probably 30% of the time, some 10, 10, 10 and seven team doesn't make the playoffs. I think that pendulum is swung to where 10 and seven is not something where you're, you're punching your ticket. Oh, I think with seven spots now in the playoffs, I, I think it true. is. The Niners were 10 and seven last year. They were the six seed. The Eagles were nine and eight. They were the seven. The Saints were nine and eight. They were out of the playoffs. And then the Vikings were eight and nine. If they win 10, they're getting in. They're they're definitely getting in. Like, I don't think the cart, like, look at it this way. The Packers are definitely going to win more than 10. The Bucks are going to win more than 10. The Rams are going to win more than 10 for sure. So that's three teams already. The Cowboys, honestly, I don't know. I don't think the I think the Cowboys have had a terrible offseason. But my point by trying to go through them is that there are not seven teams in the NFC that are going to win 10 games. So if the Niners get to 10, they'll be in. Yeah, you're probably right. I I don't know. I just I want more than 10 wins. I don't want to sit and sweat all season, okay? <laughs> it is weird to think like 10 wins now in a season means you've won three more games than you've lost. You know, whereas before it was four, so it, it felt like your team was better. Yeah, it's weird that 10 and 7 sounds so much worse than 10 and 6. Yeah, it really does. I agree with you. And I don't know, that's not really fair, but in my brain, I agree. All right, Levin, this is an extra long show today. We, we were off for a few weeks. We hadn't seen People each other. People missed hadn't... my voice, you know? Sure, that's what they missed. <laughs> Uh, please continue rating and reviewing the Niners Nation Podcast Network. You have a dispute with any of the numbers that we laid out. The, my 3,500 yards for Trey Lance, the 25 touchdown passes, 1,100 yards for Debo, whatever it is. You think I'm crazy, accurate, anything you want to say, leave it in your review. Again, I promise you, if you take the time to leave it, we will read it on the show. Levin, I'm already sick of you. Don't talk to me for another seven days. <laughs> Uh, yes, hopefully I am that lucky. Now Levin's going to call up Verizon and, and deal with his internet. Yeah, I, I have a dispute and it's about He's to been... be a fiery one. I have to say, I would not want to deal with Levin Black if I was, you know, a representative for some company. Like, I think you would be the worst kind of person to deal with if I was a customer service representative. Eh, and I mean that I, as a compliment. I start out civilly. I give them a chance. And if they try to spend me bullshit, I call them on it. And I'm very matter of fact of, I think it comes from my first ever job was a telemarketer. So I sat in front of a computer in a script. Mm. So I know what it's like. And I'm very quick to, you can stop reading the script now and <laughs> use your brain. You know, stop, you know, I, I'm very nice. And if they're somebody that just, you know, you know how customer service are, people are. Some people truly want to help you. And we'll look at the situation and try to find a solution. And some people are just collecting a paycheck and go, nope, can't help you, can't help you, because they want to get off the phone as fast as they can. And when I get one of those people, 
Uh, yes, I will ask them to turn their brain on and stop reading a script. <laughs> I once had a customer service rep tell me that I had to put my Xbox on top of something that doesn't heat up. And I responded with, what is this mythical substance that somehow does not heat up? <laughs> like, please tell me what that substance is and I will put my Xbox on top of it. Needless to say, that wasn't a fun couple of days. All right. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Levin, it's good to be back with you. I will talk to you in seven days.